Hey everybody, this is Jake Novak. You're listening to Novak Now here on the Nachum Siegel Network. This is uh, a tough show to do, a tough show to do today because, of course, those of us in this community, and surprisingly, a, a large number of people outside of the Zionist, both in Israel and outside of Israel community, have also been uh, very much wrapped up in this for the last 48 hours or so, or probably a little bit less. Um, the murder of a, of a man who really was someone who stood up for the state of Israel, for the Jewish people, and specifically for the soldiers in the IDF, Ari Fold, at a mall in Gush Etzion yesterday. And, you know, he, he died the way he lived, defending the, the people of Israel. Um, the amazing story of it only drowned out by the sorrow of losing such a, an incredible man. Uh, but as I'm, I'm sure many of you have heard, if you have not heard here, uh, I just reiterate for you, those I, I do have a number of listeners who listen both live and to the podcast. Ari Fold, who was a American-born Israeli citizen living in Israel and traveling the world to support Israel and Israeli causes and the soldiers and veterans of the IDF, stabbed yesterday by a, a stabbing attacker terrorist. We, we seem to hear these stories very often, but not as often maybe someone that we know at a shopping mall in Israel. And even though he was stabbed in the back in what would turn out to be fatal wounds, he ran after his attacker, mm-hmm. drew his gun, shot at his attacker, eventually was able to get other people to stop him and get him, keep him from hurting anybody else. Um, and that is the way Ari Fold passed away. An incredible story, again, you know, the, the heroism of it is actually still drowned out by the sorrow of it. And uh, that's really what we're what we're trying to deal with right now. Um, again, this is Novak Now and the Siegel Network. Sorry for a little bit of a late start. We are that's because we have a guest and someone who knew Ari Fold very well is with us on the line right now. Ryan Shlomo Chessel. I think I had that name right. I don't want to get a names wrong. So it's, if I if I got that wrong, I apologize. No, knew Ari for a long time. I believe you were in his unit in the IDF. Not. And you were not? Go ahead, Brian. Yes, I, I was. I, oh, met, you were. Okay. I met Ari in 1992. Good morning. Thank you, Jake, for doing this uh, show. You know, I, I have to first qualify. I'm speaking from Miami, Florida, and uh, I'm just a regular guy. Ari was larger than life. I'm a much better person for knowing him. Um, the I had a few things in common with him, but he drew from a very deep well, a well that I don't think most of us know exists, or uh, you know, or, or what it would be like to be able to draw from that well. From the time I met him in the army in August 1992, there were four Anglo-Saxon guys that volunteered to go to the army all of us with tremendous pride and uh, feeling like we were the luckiest guys on earth to be able to don a a uniform of a Jewish state um, after thousands of years of of, uh, not having a Jewish army. And we we went in in a religious unit, so there was the element of uh, the... The Am Yisrael, the Eretz Yisrael, um, all coming together, and it was a tremendous amount of pride. And I grew up in in Florida, and I didn't have the religious background that these other three 
brothers of mine had. Um, I'm also you know, a little bit at a loss for words because when when you uh, when you when you watched I, I watched it live stream yesterday. One of uh, one of our friends from the unit. Danny um, Wetzler, he live streamed this for us. It was incredible to, to be able to be there. But you, uh, you're not prepared for this. But when this happens, you compensate for the loss by trying to incorporate the positive character traits of, of the person or the thing that you lost. And you know, Ari was selfless. He was always out for the cause. He was he was at the front lines. He was he was on the radar. And he was. We try, we try and, and emulate our creator. I think that's the goal. And, and he was so, so much, so godly, so holy, because he was so kind and so warm and so sweet, so caring and strong. And he just had so many different character traits. But again, he drew from a very deep well. And I think for, for the, um, Terrorist. I don't even know how to to uh, describe the person or the thing, or if he's human or not. What he did to Ari, and I don't think he realized who he. I know he didn't realize who he was getting. He got he got one of our best, and um, unfortunately for us, we're able to say, "Hey, look, look I mean, there are three thousand there are more people there at the funeral yesterday. And so, you know, Ollie would be very happy for everybody to know, for this to be publicized, what kind of uh, hate and senseless uh, loss the world has as a result of, of the teachings of hate. You know, these kids, a 17-year-old kid who grew up, and, and, and I'm sure he heard every day, that we use the blood of his cousins and his father and everybody in his family for for making bread. And so there's there's a breeding of hate. You can focus on the hate or you can choose to focus on the cause. And Ari was uh, you know, he was a little bit of both. He focused on the cause, um, and and when you do that you have to focus on the hate because you have people that hate you, you just want it to end. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Brian you asked I, um... the question, I don't know if I gave you an answer. I'm no, no, that's it's it's, I'm for, you know a, a sad but great answer, but also an uplifting portrayal and in, in is in, in obviously just a short amount of time, of the work that Ari did. But you know, I think I, I think it was very good that you focused on what Ari you know was what was important to him because I think now, you know, that there are two sets of people who I think are an important audience for this story. One is people like you and to much more removed factor, people like me, people who are very active Zionists, people who are very active publicly to discuss not only the case for Israel, but for the case of all people who are trying to make the world a, a, a better place or a safer place, in the spite of the fact that there's so many people in the world who really don't want to rock the boat. You know, very foolishly and naively thinking that if people are not as loud as Ari Fold, not as supportive of Israel's Ari Fold, then the, then the people who hate us will leave us alone, which is just, you know, we have 5,000 years of history to prove that that is just false. And I think also one of the things that I, I, you, know, you have to remember is that there are so many people in this country who struggle with the fact that we're not in Israel, that we're not 
sacrificing as much as people in Israel. And, and I would argue that the sacrifice has been reduced in many ways. In other ways, it's, it's been heightened, but it's not the day-to-day -day struggle that it was in the 1940s or 1950s, and yet it still is dangerous, as we learned yesterday. But, you know, what I find, Brian, and, and, and everyone listening, what I have found over the years, and it took me a long time to realize this, is that a lot of the antagonism towards Israel especially within the Jewish community, for those Jews who don't support Israel or think they don't support Israel, and even for people who are not Jewish, is there's a little bit of guilt involved here. You know, if people look at somebody like Ari and they can pretend they disagree with them, they can pretend they just, they're just so angry at somebody like this or they're... But what I think is really going on, because this is what's going on with people who admire somebody like this, is we're a little guilty. We're a little guilty that we don't have something as much as that we, that we believe in as much, that we support as much. I mean, the best analogy I can give you is if you ever see an older couple or, and by older, I mean, you know, not teenagers and the wife and the husband are just so devoted to each other. And so like, there's a certain type of person who might want to drag that down and say, oh, that's all that fake or it's not real or I don't, I don't like this. And I think it's a little bit of a defense mechanism. And I would just want to focus on the positives here. There's nothing wrong with being dedicated to something like this and to going all out for it. And if you can't be as dedicated and as sacrificing as somebody like Ari, it doesn't mean you can't make a, a contribution in many different ways, both to the Jewish people and to Israel and to the IDF. You can do a lot of things and every little bit helps. And I'm just, and I know it sounds a little preemptive and maybe I'm focusing on some negatives here, but you know, just to remember, it's not something for, to, to, to be, to lash out at the wrong folks here. There's, there's, this is time for emotion. I think this is an emotive time. The emotion can be sadness, emotion can be regret, but it, it should be also funnel in to try to do the things that Ari was doing. Um, you know, Brian, I, I want to ask you a question. This is something that I know firsthand from a lot, from, you know, at least secondhand from a lot of close friends of mine. Coming to is the Israeli army in the early 90s or late 80s as an American citizen is not what it is today. In other words, there are a lot more. There's a lot more support and programs for lone soldiers and foreign-born soldiers. So, what was it like? But so that must have meant that your relationship with Ari and the other folks who were like you, those few guys you were talking about, must have been very strong. Um, I, I just want to say that it was nothing. What we had was nothing like it was in the forties. In the 50s, so you know everything's relative. Everything you know, technology improved and the the services improved, and a lot of the services improved because of guys like Ari, who you know, when we when I stepped out and I went to Yeshiva University um, because I wanted to make love and not war. Ari continued with the war, and uh, he continued fighting, and then his fight can you know turned into advocacy. So. There's so many things I want to say, but but one of them is that, you know, although I, I appreciate you saying that we're similar, I'm not like you because I, I just want to fly under the radar. I, I'm like the other guys. I I I left the army when it was time to to finish my service, and and I had a girlfriend that was sending me packages every week, and you know Ari and myself and the fourth Anglo, we lost we lost our number one guy. Yeshua Friedberg jumps out, and right. and you know it was the most devastating thing for a nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-old to 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 have a neshama, a a pure, pure soul, like one of the best people you ever met, 
to be kidnapped by these these scumbags that hate us wearing yarmulkes and just picture it at four o'clock in the morning and he's on his way to uh you know to uh to a um officer uh test and he couldn't get a bus in the morning and he had to hitchhike and then our unit found him dead on the side of the road having gunshot wounds in his side and just think of like the you know, somebody who's so high and and so elevated can be taken so easily, the fragility of life. But you know, that's why I'm not I, I wanna fly under the radar. I just wanna you know, I, I wanna do good for the my small circle because I don't feel like I draw on that well that Ari had. I didn't grow up with the Judaism that, you know, that just rolled off of his tongue. I don't like to sit in shul because to me it's I get shabokies. I, I don't know. I, I I feel very small today. I really do. And I, you know, I understand that. I think and I, I, I want point about humility something. is really important. I think and that and that was the point I was trying to make, you know, just a couple of moments ago. You see somebody like Ari in life and of course in death and the way that he died. And I think it humble it humbles everyone. I think that whether you admit it or not, it's humbling. It's like you think you know, and you just expressed it. And you're someone who even served in the army. Imagine someone who didn't serve, who, you know, who, who's only visited a couple of times. Or imagine people who haven't even been there, been to Israel or done or, or really done much at all. Um, I think it's very humbling. So what can happen when you have a humbling moment? You can funnel it to something positive. I think that, you know, there are a lot of people who have made the point and the person who makes this point most regularly, I think, in the public eye is a man named Dennis Prager, who's a you know, national radio host and obviously a big supporter of Israel and, and from the Jewish community in Brooklyn originally, and now he's in Los Angeles. And he always talks about something which I think is very simple but true, that you cannot be happy in life unless you are grateful. Without gratitude, you will never be happy. Uh, you can have everything in the world, but if you're not grateful for it, you won't be happy. And I think that the pathway to gratitude, one of the clearest and cleanest and fastest pathways to gratitude is humility. Because as soon as you realize you're not worth getting every single thing out there that there is to have, you can start to be, as we say in Hebrew, you know, you know, you can start to be happy with what you have and grateful for what you have. And I think that, you know, your humility, even though you did serve in the army, your humility, even though you did, you know, you, you, you were among these people in a, in a firsthand way, is informative and educational, I think, for the rest of us. It's okay to be angry now. It's okay to be sad. But it's good to be humble and also understand that that humility means that you can find a way to be grateful and find a way maybe to do the things that he did as well, or some of it as well. I, I think that's that's what happened as soon as I yeah. I, uh, I got to YU after I lost after we all lost Yeshua. And I, I had to write a paper on compensating for a loss, and it was, you know, it was a lightning bolt. I'm like, of course, how do I compensate for a loss? I try and just take the greatness of that person who I, I wish I could be like and just try and incorporate them into me. So, if, you know, if we all, and this is the beauty, you know, if, we, if you look for the, the ray of sunshine, it's that, it's that we had the opportunity for 42 years or for however much time any of us had, or some of us never had the opportunity of knowing him in life, only his lessons after he passed, 
Um, you can watch his last podcast from this last portion. You can, you can see the type of person he was. He was going in so many different directions, and, and the beauty of like where it was coming from. You see him giving a bracha to his daughter in the middle of his podcast. You know, we can all stand to... I, I kind of lost my train of thought, but again, it's incorporating the positive character traits. So, so that we, we lost a big one. So whenever you lose a big one, it's an opportunity to be more humble, to be more grateful for having had that person and having had that example. You know, sometimes maybe the, the Torah seems so distant and people are like, well, it's an old, dusty book. Well, you have, you have a larger-than-life person that was in modern-day society that, that led their life like a adult, like a, a big person in that generation, and everyone says it, and, and you have thousands of people at, at his funeral at midnight, you know, it's, it's a chance to touch greatness. It's, you get a front-row center seat, and it kind of brings it back to what Ari was saying on, the, on his uh, drusher for the last parsha. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot about belief. It's not about who you are. It's about what you believe. And if you believe it, you can do anything. Look what he did. I'm telling you, I... I came from Florida, so I was thinking of the Army. I was going to meet these guys that were going to be like uh, like the guys I went to high school who went to University of Florida and were offensive linemen. I got the Israel, and there's small little skinny Ethiopian guys. There's there's little uh, little Temanese guys. And you get guys like Ari, who didn't look huge, but to see him run with a mug, to see him, you know, always with that smile, these guys just, they, there's a certain, again, it's, drawing from a very deep well. I don't have that well, but luckily I got to be near somebody. I got to, to be inspired by seeing that, that these things exist. So I guess, you know, for all of us, if God created us all the same, I think Elvis said we'd all be driving the same car, married to the, or with the same woman, and that just wouldn't be interesting. So we all have to, to reach for our own greatness, and that's where I am today. You know, Ari was a, a kapara. He was he was taken as a sacrifice. Uh, so when you take a sacrifice, you're supposed to gain something from that. And I, I think in order to, to honor his life and honor him, we all have to take the greatest that we have inside and, and go on the front line. I didn't want to be on the radio. Eitan asked me, can you be on the radio? I, I don't want to talk in front of anybody because I don't want to diminish you know, his greatness. I think that I couldn't possibly... Uh, couldn't possibly elevate somebody who's already that high, but I'm putting myself out there a little bit, and I guess that's what we all have to do in order to affect more change. Be like Ari, put ourselves out there, be selfless, do it for the cause, and I guess you have yeah. to be on the radar. So I'm on the radio. I'm on the radio. Yeah, it's it's important. You're listening to the Nuffham Siegel Show. Um, I'm Jake Novak. I'm talking to Brian Shalomo Chessel, who was a friend of Ari Fold, was in the army with him two decades ago, well, more than two decades ago. And, you know, if you listen to what he just said, it's, it's very important. I think that that was another point I wanted to make. You know, the fact that this happened in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, you know, what is it that we're doing on Yom Kippur? There are so many things I wanted to write to, to, to do in this show had this not happened today. I, I wrote an editorial last week about this. You know, what's really interesting about Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, but especially Yom Kippur, is that everyone gets up, you remember in the service, everyone gets up and basically admits to every crime under the sun. And most people I know get a little annoyed about this. Like, why do I have to stand up and publicly say I'm guilty of X, Y, and Z? And there's so many different great things about doing that. It's not only about 
communal responsibility. Kol Yisrael, Arivim all Jews are kind of responsible for each other. That's a big, that's the standard stock answer. But I think the other answer is that you're standing up and being counted. You know, the, the, the message of Yom Kippur, and I, and, I'm, and I really want to focus this on, not, on the not-so-religious Jews, the Jews who don't go to Shul every single day, the Jews who aren't that traditional, the Jews who might just be going those three days a year, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, maybe they have a Seder, maybe they light the Hanukkah candles. What we're trying to convey on Yom Kippur is not just communal responsibility, but also everyone should get involved a little bit more. You're all involved. It's, it's, it's basically a push to do a little bit more. So if you can't be like Ari Fold, listen, who else could? Not many people can do that. We understand. But be involved. Be involved in something. If you can't go to Israel yourself and, 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 and live there, and, and, and if you're young, join the army, do those things, then, then support it financially or, support, or speak out. And most importantly, teach, make sure that your children and your community understands the facts about what's going on there, understand the facts about the history. These are very, very important things that need to happen. And you know, listen, you know, our guest, Brian, obviously, this is not someone who wants to go out and go on the, on the radio and do podcasts and do the kinds of things that Ari did. But he knows that today is the day to contribute a little bit more, not only for his sake, but for the sake of the things that that Ari was looking for, Ari was looking to accomplish. And, you know, again, as I said earlier, I think when we see somebody like Ari, we have two choices. We can be humbled. Well, everyone is going to be humbled, in my opinion. But you can choose. You can use that humility. You can push back against it and be negative. And, and, and pour cold water on the things that Ari did. Pour cold water on Zionism. Pour cold water on the whole Israeli experiment, which a lot of people do. Let's, let's face it. I mean, we, we've all experienced it. And I think that is, by the way, the genesis of most of the Jewish anti-Israel sentiment out there, whatever it is. You know, it, it's out there, unfortunately. We see Jewish people who are not supportive of Israel. And I think it comes from the fact of guilt that comes from humility. Or you can use that humility to be grateful, and you can use that humility to... Push yourself to do a little bit more, whatever you can do, more than just standing up in Yom Kippur and saying a few prayers and then looking forward to the, the bagels after the fast. We're looking for a little bit more. And I'm saying that to myself as much to anybody else. It's not just, you know, I'm sitting on a high throne. I mean, you take somebody, you look at, some, at the life of somebody like Ari Fold, it's impossible today to be full of yourself as a Zionist because it's hard to match his commitment. And it's not just the physical commitment and the thing, the actual acts that he did, but that enthusiasm. You know, Brian just mentioned it. And everybody who talks about Ari says the same thing. He had a tremendous enthusiasm as if it were, if it, as if it were his first day in Israel or his first day talking about some of these topics. And that's, that's very hard to match. That is very, very hard to match, and I don't think that people can do it. But if you can do that for one day, if you can do that for, for an hour, then that's very, very important. Um, speaking of contributions, there is, by the way, a, a fund being set up. And by the way, the contributions have been pretty impressive. There is a fund being set up, a GoFundMe page for um, Ari's family. Uh, I just put it up on my Twitter account. It is known, and, and I'll give you the address. It's GoFundMe forward slash, GoFundMe.com forward slash Ari dash fold, F-U-L-D. But you can go to my Twitter account. My Twitter account, my Twitter address is JakeJakeNY. And I'm just going to leave that post up for a while. It says Ari Fold, and it's got the information, and it's been checked out, by the way. Uh, and by the way, at this point, I believe they are over $350,000 raised for him. And that's wonderful. But let's, let's you know, again, an amazing cause, and, and hopefully that will continue. I didn't want to forget to mention that. 
I just have a couple more minutes with Brian. And, and, and again, Brian Shalomo Chessel, who served with Ari Fold, knew him for many, many years and has adequately expressed his humility, which is very much appreciated because I think we all feel that way to some degree. And Brian has a couple of excuses not to feel as humble as the rest of us, but he still does, and I, and I appreciate that. If there's any last message you'd want to, to give the audience, again, this is live now, but it'll be available on podcasts on the Nuffham Siegel Network, just about what maybe people can do. Imagine you're speaking to people who have never really done much for Israel or for Zionism. What do you think you know, Ari would say to them if he had just a couple of minutes to say something, Brian? I, I would say that, you know, in general, we're either in one of two places. We're either reaching up for help or we're reaching down to help somebody. And I think it's human nature to think that we're, or at least for me, I don't always think of myself as in the position of the most strength. So I think what Ari would say is, <laughs> if you know Olive, teach Olive. Whatever you have put it out there, and you won't be sorry for trying, but you will be sorry and regret not being scared and not putting yourself out there. I think that's that's who he was, and that's what he stood for. He, he was, on one hand, a very simple person, if you heard his son talking about the enthusiastic uh, father that would be the first one to want to open presents. You know, there's there's an element of simplicity there that we don't need the paralysis by analysis. Just I, I don't want to say just do it, but get out there and whatever you can do, that's your position of strength. We can all we can all look at that old couple that's walking down the broadwalk that's 80 years old and they're or 90 years old and they're arm in arm, and you can choose to may say it or you can say that's what I want to be, but. You're not going to be 80 overnight, so you can just strive for it. So I think we just all need to strive for it and and to help to help memorialize this uh, this huge person that we were granted the opportunity to know, and some of us better than others. But you know, he did a lot of podcasts. You can go back and listen and pay attention because his message was, you know, was was from. Uh, a very simple place, and I think it was a pretty simple message. And the last thing I would say is it's easy to, to know say. It's, it really takes the strength to, to find the positive spin. And I think that the people that are, you know, that would say something not positive about Ari and his presentation or his approach is because of their either being scared or guilty that they're not doing that much, but to step back, say a little bit less, Think a little bit more and just do the right thing, and it'll all be okay. Because if you try to do the right thing, things turn out right. That's my belief, and I think he shared that. I really appreciate that. Again, Brian Shalomo Chessel joining us on very short notice today. I, I only learned about you just feels like only maybe an hour ago. And I really appreciate you taking time out today to join us on Novak Now on the Nuffin Steagle Network. I know that there are so many people talking about Ari today. And I, I, but I just don't want to, you know, I, I really wanted to keep that going, especially with someone who I think was there at a very focal moment. I mean, when you lost your, your friend uh, in 1993, I guess it was, 
while you were all in that unit together uh, to a terrorist attack Yoshua. and kidnapping. Uh, Yoshua Friedman, I believe. Um, you know, to me, I think that may have crystallized for Ari and for a lot of people uh, that, around him that, that, that this was not something to run away from, but, but you, you know, how can you, how can you, how can you slink away when you see someone who's so dedicated and so, uh, amazing uh, doing what he did for the state of Israel? And again, the soldiers and, and Ari had a lot to do with that. Um, the, it's never easy, but for foreign and for people who don't have family in Israel to join the IDF now is a vastly different experience than it was 25, 30 years ago. And I know this from many of my friends who were in the service at that time and what we know now. So again, Brian, thank you for joining us. And again, I, I just hope everyone takes a look and takes the positive, tries to turn the positive effect, great positive effects from these feelings that we're feeling, the sadness, the humility, the anger. Let's turn it into something positive, not something negative. Um, next week, of course, is Sukkot, so I'll speak to you probably in a couple of weeks, but we'll get that date down exactly right. This has been Novak Now on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you for joining me, and I'll speak to you again soon.